Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a possible new treatment for chronic pain, a major obstacle to the world's tree planting plans, and some bad news for nose pickers. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Researchers are reporting that, quote, preventing the addition of a small ubiquitin-like modifier onto the NAV1.7 interacting cytosolic collapse and response mediator protein 2 blocked NAV1.7 function and was antinosusceptive in rodent models of neuropathic pain, end quote. Okay, you're kidding, right? Like, I think I heard something in there about <laughs> mouse pain, but that's about it. Uh, okay, I know. When I first read the report, I did feel like I was reading another language. But all this crazy science speak leads to something pretty amazing. Scientists think they may have found a new way to treat chronic pain. Okay, see, now that I understand. We've talked a lot about chronic pain on this show. Which is because it's a huge problem. It's estimated that around one in five Americans suffer from chronic pain, which is basically debilitating pain that lasts longer than three months or so. That means about 50 million of us are suffering through pain that disrupts our work, our personal lives, and can lead to depression, high medical bills, and really just makes for a lousy quality of life for millions of people. I'm okay with a very complicated, science sounding experiment if it'll put an end to chronic pain, so lay it on me. Well, I do think I can make this fairly simple, actually, but it will still sound a little bit like a scene out of a sci-fi movie. But at least, you know, it'll make you feel smarter. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're here. So there's this thing called the voltage-gated sodium channel isoform 1.7, or NAV 1.7 for short. It's this little channel in the ends of our pain-sensing nerves, which are called nociceptors. So far, I'm with you, and I'm feeling smarter already. Aha, it's working. So when these little nerves are stimulated, they make teensy-tiny changes in voltage. So like electric voltage? Exactly. And the NAV 1.7s act like tiny speakers that amplify those voltage changes. When it gets loud enough, so to speak, a neuron fires, sending an electric signal to the brain. Okay, so let me see if I'm getting this right. Basically, these NAV 1.7 things help our pain nerves send signals. See, you already got this. The thing is, researchers have found that NAV 1.7 is implicated in chronic pain. So if they figure out a way to get the NAV 1.7s to kind of keep the noise down a bit, it might have a positive effect for all those who suffer from it. I mean, great. So all they have to do is find the volume dial on those little suckers and turn it down. Uh, unfortunately, it's not quite that easy. In fact, they've been doing experiments that target the NAV 1.7 for a while, and nothing has worked until now. Is this going to be another super technical explanation? Okay, well, if you read the paper, yes. But here's the Cliff's Notes version. 
the researchers found that NAV1.7 interacts with another protein called CRMP2 in a unique way compared to other similar proteins. By blocking this specific interaction between NAV1.7 and CRMP2 using a peptide or gene therapy, they were able to reduce NAV1.7 function and transmission of pain signals in animal models. So they stopped the pain. Got it. But we've been doing the show long enough for me to know that pain is actually beneficial, right? Like, we need to feel pain so that we know when something is wrong. Couldn't this actually be a bad thing? That is a very astute observation, and it's what makes this approach so incredible. It actually reduced chronic pain in animals without impairing normal sensation or movement. This suggests the interaction between NAV1.7 and CRMP2 could be kind of a bullseye for new pain medications. Okay, that's amazing news. Right? Targeting the NAV1.7 CRMP2 interaction rather than NAV1.7 directly could turn the volume on pain down without side effects on movement or the kind of normal pain we're supposed to feel. This could lead to better treatments for chronic pain with fewer side effects. Less pain, more smart, I'll take it. (laughs) As always, more research is needed at this point, and they need to figure out if it works in humans. But if so, this could be a real game changer. As wildfires sweep across the planet and tropical storms thunder inland where they don't usually thunder, one thing is pretty clear. The climate is changing. There are a lot of tools we can use to fight that change, everything from increasing efficiency standards to sequestering CO2. We've talked about a lot of those efforts on this show. Things like building homes out of trash or turning old oil and plastic into clean fuel and cosmetics. There are some pretty high-tech ways to help us avoid the worst effects of a warming world. I mean, absolutely. But there's one thing that's not so high-tech but could be a huge help, and that's just planting trees. Right. Trees are the OG carbon sequestration machines. They suck up all that carbon and release clean oxygen into the atmosphere. (laughs) That's right. And there are massive efforts underway to encourage the planting of trees for just that reason. The U.S. Forest Service has funding through the Replant Act to plant over a billion trees within the next decade. A billion trees is mind-boggling. That's actually nothing. The World Economic Forum wants to plant a trillion. Great Sequoia, where are they going to put them all? Okay, that was terrible, but I'll give it to you. There is plenty of space for them, believe it or not. But a new study has uncovered another problem that could actually mean game over for these plants. There just aren't enough seedlings. Hmm, guess I'd never thought about that. But, I mean, planting a trillion trees in even in 10 years is kind of a logistical nightmare, isn't it? More so than anyone thought. So this study, which was published in the journal Bioscience, set out to see just how prepared we were to meet these targets. Scientists Tony D'Amato and Peter Clark at the University of Vermont looked at 605 tree nurseries across 20 northern states. They found that only 56 nurseries produce enough seedlings for large-scale planting efforts. 56 out of 605. That's not great. Yeah, it gets worse. Most of those 56 focused on seedlings of tree varieties that are used for commercial timber production and not for conservation. All right, what's the difference? I guess at this point I'm wrong about this. Isn't a tree a tree? Well, first of all, trees that are planted for timber are meant to be cut down. Right. Yeah, I guess that's pretty obvious, yeah. (laughs) But second of all, focusing on those varieties means you're eliminating diversity, right? You wouldn't look out across a massive cornfield and mistake it for a wilderness, would you? Good point. Yep. Without the diversity of species you'd find in a forest, it's just not 
ecologically sustainable. So one example they talked about was the red spruce. It's a super important species that's been under stress in the eastern United States for decades. But out of all of those nurseries they researched, only two of them had any seedlings. To hit their planting goals, they'll need literally millions of these red spruce. There are only about 800 available right now. Okay, so when you started this story, I was feeling like a surge of hope. Now, not so much. How do we fix this? We need to invest time and money into the production of seedlings in regional nurseries. It's really that simple. Planting a trillion trees will have huge impacts. Not only will it suck up a bunch of carbon, trees also keep our cities cooler, they provide habitats for wildlife, they prevent soil erosion, and can even reduce the impacts of these huge rains that some regions are experiencing. But to get there, we really have to want it. Well, I mean, I, I'm sold. But now if someone would teach me how to grow a seedling. <laughs> Maybe that's for another episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I believe it was Socrates who said, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you should never pick your friend's nose. Socrates never said that. You don't know. He I do know. Have. No. You know that he's not documented as having said that. You don't know everything <laughs> he said in his life. You don't you weren't there. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, if he did say it, probably did. If he did say it, he was wrong about one thing. You really shouldn't pick your own nose. And researchers in the Netherlands have uncovered yet another reason why. Schnoz prospectors are about 3 times as likely to contract the coronavirus. Wow. I am just imagining this study. Did they set up shop in like a preschool or something? That's maybe the most surprising thing about this study. It was done on healthcare providers. Well, that makes me uncomfortable. Like doctors and nurses are digging for gold. Yep. Even healthcare providers are getting picky with it. In fact, the researchers started by surveying 219 healthcare workers and found that a whopping 84% of them admitted to picking their noses with some frequency, either monthly, weekly, or maybe daily. And 17% of the pickers contracted the coronavirus, compared to about 6% of the non-pickers. Was there any part of the study that said they washed their hands before doing anything related to medical science? I, I don't think that was this study. Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyways, did it matter how often they dug around in there? Nope. The risk was the same whether you dipped in for the occasional gem or you were perpetually mining the depths. <sighs> Okay, so to be honest, this shouldn't be that surprising, right? I mean, our hands go all over the place, picking up germs from doorknobs and tabletops and everywhere. So it would make sense that if you put the germs from your fingers into your nose, you'd get sick. It does make sense, but it's actually an even bigger story than that because our noses are actually pretty high-tech germ filtration systems. Our noses are lined with these microscopic hairs called the cilia, that catch germs as they come in and pull them into the mucus. And mucus is sticky, right? So the germs kind of get stuck there before they can get inside us and start reproducing. That's pretty common knowledge, but it's still 
kind of cool to think about. Our noses are designed not just for breathing, but to keep us from getting sick. Right. But when we jab our fingers up there, we disrupt the whole system. We actually clean out the mucus that's trapping the germs. And scientists think that scratching up the inside of our noses actually helps the germs enter our bloodstream more easily. So it's not just about putting our germy fingers up there. It's also about disturbing the germs that are already in there? Yep. So why do people pick their noses anyway? Like, doesn't it seem like such a destructive behavior would have been selected out? Well, that is a great question. People uh, take the plunge for lots of reasons. In fact, one study showed that one group of test subjects touched their faces around 23 times per hour on average. Wow, that is a lot more than I would have thought. And sometimes we touch our faces to self-soothe. Sometimes there's an itch and we just got to scratch it. We, you know, we bite our lips, we chew our nails, we touch our noses and rub our foreheads. People are just always touching their faces. I never actually really thought about that, but I mean, I guess you're really right. So how do we stop? Well, first, it is important to note that this study doesn't prove that nose picking causes COVID. It just showed a correlation. But the correlation was strong enough that it's worth keeping your finger out of there. And to do that, researchers suggest trying out another behavior, rubbing your fingers together or squeezing the back of your neck or rubbing your fingers over the knuckles of your other hand. So fidgeting? Like fidget toys? Ooh, you know they have those fidget toys that are like slime? (laughs) Bet that would help. (laughs) I mean, yeah, fidgeting is one way to put it. And nose picking is kind of a fidget in its own right anyway. But if you have something up there that's got to come out, use a tissue. (laughs) I mean, did the study say how to make a tissue dance? Make a tissue dance? No, didn't say anything about that? I mean, yeah, you just put a little boogie in it. Oh, you're fired. (laughs) Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers have discovered that by blocking an interaction in pain receptor nerves, the sensations of chronic pain can be turned down while keeping the normal sensation of pain and movement unchanged. This could be a game changer for the treatment of chronic pain, which affects some 50 million Americans. Efforts to plant a trillion trees over the next decade are facing a huge challenge. Not enough seedlings. A new study from the University of Vermont found that American nurseries are massively underprepared to provide enough seedlings to have an effect on global climate change. Researchers in the Netherlands conducted a study of healthcare workers and found that those who reported picking their nose were nearly three times more likely to contract the coronavirus than those who kept their fingers out of there. Next time you feel like taking the plunge, use a tissue instead. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our Discovery executive producer is Christina Bavetta. Our Wheelhouse DNA executive producer is Cassie Berman. This show is hosted by Callie Gade and Nate Bonham. Our producer is Kiara Noni, and our associate producer is Kimaya Floyd. Writing is done by Jed Bookout and Sam Osterhout. Our researcher is Marla Friedson. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Carissimi. I'm Nate Bonham. And I'm Callie Gade. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.